And that was just a massive epiphany. And the other one was that I'm free to do whatever the fuck I want to do. Like that, that feeling was like, whoa, like I've spent my whole life grinding and sacrificing and going as fast as I can, as heads down as I can, so that I could get somewhere as quickly as possible. So I can be as happy as soon as possible. Instead of realizing that I can change my path on any given day and chase what lights me up that fucking day and be happy that day. And who cares if it's a curved path? It's my path. And the more curves in it, the more unique I am. Welcome to the Seven Hats Podcast. My name is Yuval Selleck, and I've been on the entrepreneurial roller coaster for over 20 years. I've experienced it all throughout my journey the grind, burnout, failure, and ultimately, success. The turning point for me was realizing that building a successful company is meaningless if you neglect the other significant areas of your life. So today, I'm inviting you to join me on an adventure through those seven areas, what I call the seven hats. Every week, my guests and I will drop valuable insights and pearls of wisdom, helping, motivating, and inspiring you to get your seven hats in order and deliver real impact with meaning. So let's get going. Welcome, Seven Hatters. Today, we dive deep into multiple hats, the soul, the athlete, the servant, and the seeker. I can't tell you how excited I am to interview my guest, Sean Wells, the world's leading nutritional biochemist and expert on health optimization. Sean has formulated over 500 supplements, food, beverages, and cosmeceuticals, and patented 10 novel ingredients, including theocrine, dynamine, and dihydroberberine, and has been dubbed in the industry as the world's greatest formulator. With over a decade of clinical experience, he has counseled thousands of people on innovative health solutions such as keto, paleo, fasting, and supplements. As a world-renowned thought leader, his insights have been prominently featured in documentaries and podcasts like Ben Greenfield and on numerous television appearances. His book, The Energy Formula, one of my all-time favorites, has been recognized by both USA Today and Forbes as one of the top 20 books to optimize your health, not to mention an Amazon bestseller in multiple categories. Sean has a truly inspiring story to tell about overcoming incredible challenges throughout his life, as well as his most challenging, his mind. The following quote says it all. I am strong because I've been weak. I am fearless because I've been afraid. Seven Hatters, let's talk to Sean. Hey, Sean. Thank you for making the time to come on the Seven Hats podcast. Oh, thank you so much for having me on. I'm excited to talk. Yes. Um, now I've read your book. Really, I was introduced to you and your work through your book, uh, The Energy Formula. And I have to say that it's the best overall wellness and nutrition book that I've ever read. Uh, and I can't wait to dig deeper into the concepts that you write about. And that said, I think the Seven Hatters would love to get to know the man behind the book and dive a bit deeper into the journey and backstory that helped shaped all the knowledge and experience behind the energy formula. So let's start here. You dedicate your book to those that feel lost, alone, depressed, sick, in pain, hurting, less than, judged, falling short, overworked, appreciated. It sounds like you dedicated this book to the Sean you used to be. I bet that many entrepreneurs listening to this could also relate. So can you tell us a little bit about that journey? <sighs> wow. Yeah, that's, that's right on. That's, that's very great insight and exactly what I was trying to convey. So thank you for uh, seeing that and reading that and feeling that. Um, I do feel compelled. I do these podcasts. I do get on stage. I, I did the book. Uh, for these reasons, I don't make money off of my social media, my book, the stage work that I do, the events and masterminds and things I go to. I don't make money off of any of those. I just want to help other people because I've been through so much in my life. I've 
<clears throat> was a product of bullying when I was younger, a chaotic home, and um, just I was unstable, depressed, became morbidly obese, and got made fun of even more. I hated my body. I used to think about cutting off my fat with a knife. Wow. I used to think about taking my own life very often as I was laughed at uh, so often. I ran into a number of health issues, unsurprisingly, uh, with Epstein-Barr, fibromyalgia, chronic fatigue syndrome, Hashimoto's. I went from being morbidly obese to uh, anorexic. I went from 300 pounds to 150 pounds at six foot three. And I used to weigh myself after I peed every time, you know, just to see if I was a little less. And there was a number of points where I wanted to take my life and, you know, I didn't want to proceed because I didn't have the energy to proceed. I didn't have the will. I didn't have the, the belonging to any group. I didn't have my why. And I felt like someone who was intelligent, but lost and life didn't seem very valuable um, during a number of those points to get my health back, to get my why, to improve relationships to the point where I just feel so blessed with the people that are around me <clears throat> to have deep family relationships. Now it's all incredible. So many of those things are the things that I go over in the book and, and I have changed my life radically. And it's just something that I can't keep to myself. And it makes me so pained to think about other people that were in the situation or are in the situation that I was in to think that there isn't a friend out there, to think that there isn't a way out, that they might take their life, that they're causing themselves pain, that they're causing the people around them pain. Uh, it, it just hurts me. And I want those people to know that I'm here for them. Um, they can direct message me at Sean Wells, S-H-A-W-N-W-E-L-L-S on Instagram. And I have all my content that revolves around this and the book revolves around this on how to Get more energy in terms of your physicality, your mindset, supplementation, diet, exercise. But so much of it is around that foundation of your why, around the foundation of the people that you have around you, around the foundation of self-love. And I certainly go into mitochondrial health and cool bio biohacks and the newest and most cutting edge supplements to make you vibrant and resilient. But those things are so core. And to feel alone and to feel like you don't have purpose and to hate yourself like I did for so long when I was working 80 to 100 hours a week when I was on the edge of life, you know, those biohacks really can't do a whole lot. And so, you know, that's why I try and run the gamut in the book and, and cover, you know, these these cool biohacks, but also cover the things that are so important to having quality of life. Yeah. It's it's such an interesting journey that you've been on because while reading your book, I was struck by the similarities of our respective missions. Every chapter seemed to validate the importance of what the seven hats spouses, which is the idea or the notion of the holistic entrepreneur, which is an entrepreneur who not only focuses 100% of their efforts on their business, but spends time on the other critical areas of their life. So you were not that guy when you started your entrepreneurial journey, where you were grinding and hustling and sacrificing your mind, body, and spirit. You were that perfectionist you speak about, self-loathing, beating yourself up, being so hard on yourself. Tell us about what you were like back then and what you were doing. Did you have a rock bottom moment? And if yes, how was that like and what did you see at that time? Mm. Yeah, I had a number of, of those moments. And this is just making me like really dig these things up uh, in a way that, that, you know, can be can be tough, but I, I'm, I'm here for it. I was a perfectionist because I was bullied, because I was abused um, in a number of relationships I had uh, growing up. It set a tone for me to bully and abuse myself. Never, I was never good enough. It was always short of perfection. You know, I say in the book, like if anyone talked to you, like you talked to you, you wouldn't be their friend. And I was relentless on myself. Did I end up accomplishing a lot? Yes, I've accomplished a lot. I feel blessed for that. And 
and to some degree it served me and it and it set the table for me to have empathy it set the table for me to to understand the pain like i was talking about of, of people going on their lives going on around me but at the same time i know now that it's not sustainable it's not healthy and i have tried to grant myself grace i have tried to change the inner voice to be one of the inner champion instead of the inner victim. Um, I'm no longer you know, blaming the world for everything that goes on around me or blaming myself. I just know that the universe is always working on my behalf and there's always lessons to be learned and there's always new opportunities and challenges and I relish those. And that is the idea that the obstacle is the way. And that's that stoic mindset. That's a resilient mindset. When you have a resilient mindset, you can have a resilient body that can bounce back from just about anything. And when you have a mindset that is fixed on victimization and being broken, your body will remain broken. Your mindset will remain broken. And that's where I was. I had a broken mindset, a broken body. I wanted to take my life often. I lived in a state of depression and anxiety. I felt imperfect uh, with my performance at just about everything. I mean, it doesn't matter whether it was a test, you know, a, a paper, uh, you know, a project in school or an assignment at work, playing basketball with my friends. Like, you know, nothing was ever fun. It was always like I didn't do well enough. And that became ingrained in me that I suck. No matter how good I did, no matter how much accomplishments I had, I never, I never took the time to enjoy uh, these amazing accomplishments I had. I always thought, well, it's just not enough. I'm not there yet, wherever there was. Every time I got to the next spot, you know, I got on Ben Greenfield or, you know, Primal Blueprint or The Wellness Mama or whatever. It's like, well, you're not on Joe Rogan. You know, I get on you know, local TV, you're not on national TV. I get a, you know, best-selling book on, you know, USA Today, I could say, well, it's not on New York Times. You know, it's just, you can play this game all day long with yourself and whatever the scale is, wherever you're at, you know, this is like over a course of 20 years that like I've hit this scale, but trust me, like if it sounds like I'm bragging, I'm not. Like when, when uh, 20 years ago, it was very small things, but they should have been big things for me. Because they were all steps and they were all amazing accomplishments. You know, when I became certified as a sports nutritionist or eventually I became a fellow in that same group, which is a big deal. But I never celebrated any of these things. None of them. I never celebrated a single thing. And I have a very incredible track record. But it's, it's sad. Like, it, it's sad that I did all that and never enjoyed any of it. I always felt like I was serving and helping people, and that was a mission, but it always felt like almost like Christian level, again, like something that was ingrained in me, and, and trust me, I'm not anti-Christian, but the way I learned Christianity was the idea of sacrifice, and I thought the way I achieve my greatness is by sacrificing myself, and that's what a good person does, is sacrifices, and I didn't realize that your cup needs to be overflowing and the people around you get the overflow from your cup instead of taking from your cup. That's where self-care is so important. That's where self-love is so important. Those are things I didn't realize at the time. I have to honor you because your story is so relatable to, especially to entrepreneurs out there because we're the ones that strive to change the world and are the most critical. And so, you know, Jim Carrey had a speech one time in one of the award shows. I don't know if you've if you recall this one, but he basically got up and he said, Thank you. I am two-time Golden Globe winner, Jim Carrey. <laughs> you know, when I go to sleep at night, I'm not just a guy going to sleep. I'm two-time Golden Globe winner, Jim Carrey, going to get some well-needed shut-eye. And when I dream, I don't just dream any old dream. No, sir. I dream about being three-time Golden Globe winning actor Jim Carrey. Because then I would be enough. And that speech 
really hit home because there's a reason why 70% of entrepreneurs say, and I think it's much higher, I think you might agree, they're depressed. When you're looking at billionaires or multi-multi-millionaires who are sitting alone, we, I just had an interview uh, where one of the, the, the top CEOs in the world called up his coach and he said, I'm lonely. So there's a lot going on. And I think, and I think you're hitting it, the nail on the head over and over again, which is why I'm so excited. So coming back to the holistic entrepreneur, I'd like to explore some of the categories that comprises my idea of what a holistic entrepreneur is. I call them the hats. You actually cover, as I just discussed, four out of the seven hats in your book, which to me represent the mind, body, and spirit. Specifically, hat number one, that's the soul, which represents your inner voice, self-love, self-worth, and mindset. That's the hat I call the golden hat. It's probably the most important hat. Hat number two is the athlete, which represents nutrition, supplementation, exercise, quality sleep, etc. Hat number three, the servant, which represents your relationships with others, or as you call your tribe in your book. And hat number seven, the seeker, which represents your spiritual practice, your connection with your higher self. So if it's okay with you, since you're a world-renowned formulator, what I'd like to have you do is to formulate for us the ideal cocktail of the mind, body, and spirit in order to heal find fulfillment, and become a holistic entrepreneur. So let's start with the mind. Since energy is the title of your book, let's start there. You state that everything in life is fueled by energy and defined energy is the strength and vitality required for sustained physical or mental activity. What I found interesting is how you focused on the term sustained and compared it to the instant gratification mindset we're living in today. So what is the analogy and why should it matter to the seven hatters who are trying to find fulfillment as a holistic entrepreneur? Yeah, I I think we have a a tendency to want to change so many things at once. And in the book, I talk about the the scientific method of, of changing one thing at a time and realizing whether it works for you or does not work for you. We all have bio individuality. And then further, something that isn't sustainable, is it worth pursuing? You know, it it goes back to like the idea of a diet versus a lifestyle. This is the same mindset we should have with practically everything we're doing, right? You know, something like a diet is eight to 12 weeks of trying to lose weight. A lifestyle is a lifetime improving your health span of living and eating in, in a healthy way that serves you and your body. So this is very different than a diet because it didn't take eight to 12 weeks to get into that shape. And what is it you're going to do for the rest of your life? What's healthy for your mind and your body? Is it to hate it and crash and say, I don't love this body and I want to get rid of this as quickly as possible and be in a situation where where you're really not serving yourself and you're creating greater dis-ease, essentially, even though you're doing something that may seem healthy on the surface, losing weight, you're creating greater dis-ease to your body. You're putting your body in a state of dis-ease, which creates disease. By doing this, by hating yourself, by doing some crash thing, by doing so many things at one time that may not work for you, but have worked for someone else, it just doesn't serve you well. And so sustainable energy is definitely the path that we should follow. And we should look to change one thing at a time and we should look to change and and apply the things that work for us specifically and create habits that are sustainable and create a lifetime that is resilient and vibrant that equals health span over lifespan. I love when you said resilient because that's leading up to my next question, because you speak of the obstacle being the way a book by Ryan Holiday. And you focus on stoic thinking and training your brain to be resilient. Can you expand a little bit about that and what your life experience brought to the table for you? Yeah, it's very similar. Like physically, there's an idea called hormesis to the body where you challenge the body and the body will adapt. You give the body stressors and this only works to a certain point. And that certain point is called eustresses, EU stress, where It's a positive stress and your body will adapt to it and become stronger. Now, there is a point when there's just too much stress and it becomes distress and it's counterproductive. 
This same philosophy holds true with mindset. There is a resilient mindset that when you challenge the mind, that you can grow stronger from it. And that's the idea that the obstacle is the way. Instead of wishing for no obstacles, instead of wishing for shortcuts around that obstacle, we can find and and cherish the challenge of the obstacle and grow stronger from it and improve our mindset from it. This is how like Tom Brady or, you know, whoever we think is calm, cool and collected. This is how these people thrive is because they've found that the obstacle is the way they don't wish for no obstacle. They don't wish for the shortcut around the obstacle. And they not only take on that obstacle, but they thrive and they enjoy the obstacle. You know, there's the idea like the Navy SEALs say, embrace the suck. Mm. And that's one level, right? You know, like I can deal with this. I can take this on. It's going to make me stronger. But another level where like the truly great rise to the top is they not just embrace the suck. They enjoy the suck. And it's no longer suck. What everyone else thinks is the suck when they wilt under the pressure that you thrive and enjoy it. It's not just being able to deal with it. It's enjoying it. And that's a different level. Experienced entrepreneurs know that there's going to be an obstacle coming their way and they plan for it, but then they also, like you said, look for it so they can solve that problem, get through it quicker and grow. Because without that obstacle, there is no growth. And as Tony Robbins said, you're either growing or you're dying. So moving on to, because we established mindset, moving on to the body now, there is so much confusion on health and wellness. Uh, Stress is prevalent in our society and our mind, body, and is constantly bombarded with stressors, especially in the past 18 months. In your forward, uh, Rob Wolf mentioned that the first thing he would fix is his quality of sleep and circadian rhythm, and I relate to that. You speak of the optimal diet, intermittent fasting, nutrient-dense whole foods, weight training, carb cycling. You got a lot of stuff in that book. It's really incredible. There's so much out there, though, and most people are just confused. And you say wellness is not a one-size-fits-all solution and that, as you stated earlier, bio-individuality rules the game since everyone's so unique. What general approach can you give us that any one of us can use to determine our best bio-individualized approach to our wellness? I think science is evolving from something that it's just like religion is evolving. Religion used to be very definitive and harsh and, and be a set of rules. And science, I think, was approached very much the same way. It's a set of rules and this is definitive and there's laws. But the fact is that when people say scientific fact or proof, that that's no longer science. That's marketing. And it's the same with religion. It becomes control and it becomes something that is being leveraged for power instead of a search, an exploration, discovery. Science is about discovery, is about that search, is about exploration, knowing that you never get the definitive answer. Hmm. The best study ends with, in these certain situations, in these parameters, with these certain people, you know, using these certain experimental uh, interventions, we statistically found this on average, but we need to do more research. That's what happens in a study. Hmm. It's directional. It helps you with your search. And you can say whether that applies to you or not. Maybe they're at a different age, a different gender, a different disease state. It's a you know, different dose or a different compound than you'd use. But it's all directional and interesting and explorative and helpful. But it's not conclusive and it's not definitive. And neither is religion. It's not meant to be. It's meant to be a personal search of what works for you, of what lights you up and what doesn't. And that's the key. When I've done plant medicine and you dissolve the ego the ego that protects on some level, you know, it keeps you safe, right? Like, you know, hey, you might fail up there on stage or uh, what if this person uh, hurts you, you know, in this relationship or this partnership and business, it's going to keep you safe, but while it protects you, it prevents you. And to dissolve the ego, 
especially in these psychedelics and, you know, plant medicines or just consciousness work in general. You know, now I've done even more work like with breath work and meditation and all these different things is that you can see quite clearly when there's stillness. And that's another one of Ryan Holiday's books where he talks about stillness is the key. When there's stillness and you're in that parasympathetic state and you're not in a distracted state that you can see this lights me up. This does not. What am I going to do about it? And it's just that simple without all the clutter without all the noise, without the stories, the constructs, the suppression that you build around this, that your ego builds, that you don't want to face, that you want to stay distracted about. When you truly do the work, whatever it is, plant medicine work, religion, breath work, meditation, whatever your work looks like, that's what you're faced with. When you really look inwards and you dissolve that ego, what lights me up? What doesn't? What am I going to do about it? So, you know, I've tried multiple different diets, supplements. I mean, we've been looking around. Your book recommends so many amazing actions that somebody can take in order to uh, better their lifestyle. But, you know, I've tried the, you know, macrobiotic. I've tried vegan. I've tried, you know, the Mediterranean diet. Now I'm obviously on, on the keto uh, craze. That's the one that works for me best. But it was through exploration. And, it, and, and I think that's one of the things that people can take is, there is no right or wrong answer. It's the exploration and the journey that you take on. Don't be scared of trying something and failing at it because it just might not be right for you. You didn't fail, as you said. You're just not there yet. It's not just what works for you, but works for you at this point in your life. Yes, yes. That's a, that's a, huge, that's a huge learning for me, massive yep. learning. Because there's things that I do now like, I wish I had discovered plant medicine years ago. Yep. I wouldn't have been ready for it years ago. Everything happened at the right point in my life. You know, keto, which works for me now, now that I can do it in a disciplined way and have metabolic flexibility and do cyclical and targeted ketogenic dieting, I wouldn't have been able to do years and years ago. Yeah. These are things that work for me now. Thank you for that. That's, that's really wise too, to think about. So as a total supplement guy, myself, I would be remiss not to ask you what your top supplement suggestions are for well-being. And I know you have a million of them in the book. Your favorite, your top faves. Mm, okay. Let's see. Well, vitamin D is obvious, um, but and you're hearing about it with COVID, you're hearing about it with immunity, but this is not just a vitamin, but a hormone. And most people are deficient in it. I think you should be taking five to 10,000 IUs a day maybe more like five if you're in the very southern states and get a lot of sun exposure. But for most people, I'd say 90% of the people in the country, they're not. So I would actually be around 10,000 IUs a day of vitamin D3, uh, especially with K2. Uh, that has some really good synergy there. I want to and stop you for one. I want to stop you for yep. one second. This, is, this goes out to my co-founder, Chris Ambarian, who told me to stop taking 10,000 I use a vitamin D3 when I felt good about it. And he said, no, you're going to kill yourself. So Chris and Barian, I'm going back on 10,000. Okay. Just so you know. All right, go on. Sorry. There you go. There you go. It is ideal to get blood levels, uh, uh, you know, when you're, when you're consistently using over 5,000, but basically people are so deficient uh, because we're not getting enough sunlight because we don't uh, have enough uh, skin exposure. And because we're obese, uh, insulin resistant, because we're um, immunocompromised, because of all these things, and, and certainly just with age, that we just don't have enough. Like, it, you know, I, if you look at the individual data of people supplementing with that levels, that's what it takes. And, you know, consistently using it. Now, also know that you can like load up on it. Like you could actually have 50,000 IUs in one day a week. You know, you could do it that way too. Uh, it's a fat soluble vitamin. I like to just do, you know, one soft gel twice a day. I typically do my supplements twice a day. So I do 5,000 twice a day. Some other really cool ingredients. One that I've been working on that comes from mushrooms or some organ meats that's actually being researched as a potential vitamin for a deficiency when you don't have it. It has its own transportation system, transport system in the body and storage system in the body just for this compound. 
and it protects mitochondria, which are key to um, biological aging, which are key to disease, which are key to energy production, is a trace amino acid called ergothionine, especially the L-isomer, L-ergothionine. Um, and that's a really cool compound that I feel like could be now more than ever very important at protecting us against aging and disease. Another really cool ingredient that I've been doing work on is called L-beba. And this is actually a signal for intense exercise. When you're intensely exercising, you break down the branch chain amino acid muscle pool in your muscles. And one of those BCAAs, valine, uh, gets converted into BABA, B-A-I-B-A, beta amino isobutyric acid. That is the signal for intense exercise. So improved bone mineral density, improved uh, muscle mass, reduced fat mass, improved fatty acid utilization, improved ketone utilization, improved glucose utilization, uh, improved BDNF, which means neuroplasticity in the brain. All of these things are enhanced as a result of higher levels of BABA. So you can enhance this signal by taking the supplement. Some other ones, I think my most important one is called uh, dihydroberberine. And you might know berberine or, or definitely probably have heard of the drug metformin. Metformin is a glucose disposal agent that works via a pathway called AMPK, AMP kinase. And this pathway is deeply associated with anti-aging, longer telomeres, uh, better DNA methylation, reduced glycation, oxidation, inflammation, all of that. Everything that you can think of with aging is improved with metformin, the drug. Interestingly, berberine, the herbal equivalent, outperformed metformin in a study. But berberine has some bioavailability issues. Berberine actually converts in the gut to dihydroberberine. Dihydroberberine is the active metabolite of berberine. And so it's five times more bioavailable and lasts about twice as long in the plasma. So you have to take much lower doses, only like 100 to 150 milligrams twice a day versus 500 three times a day with berberine. And you don't get the GI distress that's associated with berberine or metformin. So a really fascinating compound. I think the, the most important one for anti-aging that every single person should be on. What's really cool is, yes, it has an incredible impact if you're diabetic or type, you know, type two and, you know, or resistant or heading towards that. But even with people that have low hemoglobin A1Cs that are healthy in terms of metabolic health and blood sugar, they still benefit from lowering their hemoglobin A1C even more. They lower their inflammation CRP even more. So what we're seeing is that everyone benefits from enhanced uh, insulin sensitivity and metabolic functionality and mitochondrial functionality. So this dihydroberberine could be the most important compound to anti-aging. So those are some of the ones that, that, are, that are fun that come to mind. Um, you know, obviously taking <clears throat> a multivitamin that has active forms of the B vitamins that are in their methylated form, so they don't have to be converted, like methylcobalamin, 5-methyltetrahydrofolate, P5P, things like this, they, they actually are more experiential um, because they're already in their active forms. And then I like the organic forms of the minerals because those get absorbed better. So things like um, magnesium citrate or malate or, you know, stuff like that instead of carbonate or oxide, which are inferior. So those would be some big ones that I would think of. You know, I'm reading your book and you just have supplement after supplement. And I'm just picturing you because I'm, you know, I take maybe 30 pills a day and I'm having, I'm struggling with 30 pills a day. I have a little vitamin pack, which has it split into four just because it's just hard to take so many pills. You must be taking hundreds of pills a day. I'm just like trying to think about like, oh my God, how does he do that? Yeah. Yeah. A lot of pills, a lot of powders. Um, but you know, I, it's working. I mean, it keeps, I'm, I'm it keeps you pretty. I'm not going to tell I'm, you, you know, I'm 47 and I, and I look probably like I'm 30. I don't know, except for my silver hair, but you know. So let's get to my favorite topic, the soul. I remember texting you or, you know, through LinkedIn. And I was like, you know, I just love the tribe. I'm reading the tribe. And you're like, that's my favorite chapter. So let's talk about the soul. Entrepreneurs are known for self-punishment, self-loathing. And I think they often miss the point of success, as we discussed, as if 
financial success and achievement will allow them to find happiness. We, we got your take on that. You used to think, though, that if you can make others love you, you will love yourself. And you were then introduced to plant medicine, because that's really what I want to talk about. What happened once you worked with the plants? That's where I found love for the first time, mm. literally. Um, love for yourself think, or yeah. love for the plants? I think, no, love for myself. I think up until that point, I would walk in a room like an entrepreneur and, and say, here's my resume. Uh, here's why you should admire me. Here's why I deserve to be here because I had imposter syndrome, I had insecurity, because I looked for external validation, that at some point when I accomplished this, this is when I would get love from others, and then I would love myself. When I was in the medicine, I was like in a cuddle puddle, which, you know, just meant I was on the floor with, you know, I don't know, several people. And for people that haven't done plant medicine, um, you know, some people do this Uh, And some people don't just depends on personality. Like sometimes you end up out in the woods and just connecting with nature. Sometimes you end up in a room by yourself, listening to music. And sometimes you're in a deep conversation with someone. And, you know, for me, it was just because I was so love starved that I was in this cuddle puddle on the floor and it's not sexual energy at all. It's very childlike, innocent energy. For me, I felt like, wow, like I could be loved. And these people didn't know my resume. They didn't know who I was. I was just another person in this facilitated journey with skilled therapists and skilled dosing and a a very controlled environment that was safe, which is all very important. I could get into a whole show on all that stuff, why I'm set and setting and all of that is super important. Um, But for me... That was a massive shift. And someone can tell you, hey, you need to love yourself. And, you know, hey, you need to love yourself before you can love other people. Or, you know, why seek external validation when you can internally validate yourself or, you know, change that voice within, you know, but until you feel that feeling and your heart shifts and imprints that on your soul, that's not really feasible. And so I was able to feel that that I can be love and I can give love and receive love. And it's that easy. I don't have to keep grinding for it and working for it and, and hoping it'll come someday. I can just have it right now for free. And that was just a massive epiphany. And the other one was that I'm free to do whatever the fuck I want to do. Like that, that feeling was like, whoa, like I've spent my whole life grinding and sacrificing and going as fast as I can, as heads down as I can, so that I could get somewhere as quickly as possible, so I can be as happy as soon as possible. Instead of realizing that I can change my path on any given day and chase what lights me up that fucking day and be happy that day. And who cares if it's a curved path? It's my path. And the more curves in it, the more unique I am. The more I'm blending like these three or four or five things that makes me super unique and highly brandable in Donald Miller's Building Your Story brand. Like I can be the hero by chasing what lights me up. That's inspiring in and of itself. But me being in an inspired state and having all these curves makes me so unique. And when I'm unique, I'm more leverageable. And so it's that simple, like that I can just do what I want to do and I can be loved. And to have those two things come to me in this state was so freeing, so liberating. You know, my sister went to Peru for some ayahuasca with, you know, her boyfriend back and it transformed her life. Yeah, I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna do that. Uh, you know, maybe before the show's even out, um, I'm doing that a month from now in Peru. I'm going to do ayahuasca for the first time. So wow, I did psilocybin and MDMA and Wachuma on some of these journeys, um, but ayahuasca it'll be my first time. Yeah, I look forward to to you experiencing that because my sister experienced and many others that I've spoken with. It's it's profound. So, do you have a, a daily practice for taking care of your soul? You know, I have a complex one that I've built up to over time. I, you know, Ben Greenfield's a friend. I once did a podcast with him and 
he told me about his two hour morning routine that involved <laughs> enemas. And, and so, you know, it can get super complicated, but here's what I'll give you is that we're the only species that keeps ourselves awake, that forces ourselves to not go to sleep when we're tired. Mm. If you could set aside 10 minutes for me in the morning, that instead of waking up with meh, 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 oh my God, I'm tired. I, I stayed up too late watching the game or Game of Thrones or whatever. And, I, you know, I had a couple too many beers because I was just exhausted and I'm reaching for sugar and caffeine because, you know, when you don't get enough sleep, your brain cells, your neurons are actually firing slower and they need more energy. So you're reaching for caffeine, you're reaching for sugar. You need something to get you going and you're just struggling. This is how you're starting out your day. And then you're jumping in the car. You're frustrated. You're anxious because you don't have enough energy. You can't be in that parasympathetic state. You can't be in that flow state. Your cortisol and, and adrenaline, epinephrine are, are firing to keep you hanging in there. So you're going to be agitated. That guy's cutting me off. And you know what a jerk this person is. And I'm having the worst day ever. And of course, you get to work and you, you know, jump right into your emails and you're distracted with Facebook and Instagram and people are coming in and out of your office and there's still more emails and there's phone calls. And I just can't take this. I'm just so exhausted. I'm going to try and hang on for lunchtime. What am I going to have for lunch? I'll just have like Coke and pizza because, you know, it's decision fatigue. I'm too exhausted today. I just need what I need tomorrow. I'll get to it. And then you're just struggling through your day. Once you get back, you got more emails, more Facebook, more Instagram, more whatever. And then you're like, I need something. I need some kind of energy. Let me get a candy bar and a Coke. And then you're hanging on to finally get to that drive back home where it's, you know, you're sitting in traffic, you're exhausted. You finally make it back home. You sit on the couch, you have a beer because it's been a hell of a day. I'm going to watch some basketball or Game of Thrones. And here I am again. If you just took, 10 minutes, one, get to sleep on time, two, give yourself 10 minutes in the morning where chimes come in slowly and get more loud. You know, you can get special clocks that do this or an app. And again, you can get a special clock or an app that light gets brighter in the room over the course of, you know, X minutes. And you wake up naturally to these chimes, to this light. And then you start doing some breath work. You do some box breathing, like four to eight seconds of in, for six seconds, hold for four seconds, or six seconds, sorry, out for six seconds, and hold for six seconds. And that's a six second box. And now you do some gratitude. I'm so thankful that I'm waking up this morning. I'm thankful that I have a dog or a cat or a spouse with me. I'm thankful that I have friends. I'm thankful I have a job. I'm thankful I have a way to work. I'm thankful I have food I can put in my stomach. I'm so thankful for all these amazing things I'm blessed with, these people around me. I'm thankful for this podcast that's nourishing me today. And then you go into affirmations and you say, I am healthy. I am blessed. I am amazing. I am beautiful. I am going to have a great day today. I'm going to make an impact on someone today. I'm going to meet a new person today. All of these things become reality when you manifest them, when you say them. And then lastly, you know, get out of bed, do some light stretching, you know, get into your body, move your muscles. If you can take a walk, that's great. Like with your dog or whatever. Uh, and then, you know, get a full glass of water and hydrate. That's 10 minutes of a routine. Then when you, then when you're driving to work, you feel relaxed, you feel in your body, you feel like you've got flow because you've done breath work and gratitude and affirmations. You feel present and mindful. And then when you get to work, you do two hours of deep work before you even check your email. You do what Cal Newport calls deep work, where it's undistracted work. And in those two hours, you'll accomplish more than everyone else in your office will in eight hours time. And then at 10 o'clock, I would have my first meal. That's intermittent fasting. From 10 to 6, you eat in a 16 and 8. And then at noon, when everyone else is eating, you can go take a walk, get some sunshine, move your body some more. And then you're not reaching for the candy bars, the pizzas, the Coca-Colas. You're doing things in a way that serves you. And then, you know, when you go home, 
You know, maybe it's like you call someone you love, you know, maybe you go hang out with some friends that night, you go out and do something because you have the energy to be vibrant. Maybe you exercise instead of watching other people exercise. So it's just 10 minutes and it shifts everything. You're a kindred spirit. I mean, I vibe with everything you're saying. Uh, You know, how you set your morning is how you set your day. And I've been practicing morning routines for a while. And like I said, it's we have such a similar interest and path that I was literally shocked when I was reading your book. I turned to my wife. I'm like, what the hell? Who is this guy, Sean? Like, he would be like my best friend. Like, I would want to hang out with him. You know, so anyway, it's just really, really weird. I'm going to close out the segment with a question. And I think this is a good question. I, I like to ask my guests, who did you have to stop being and who did you need to become to manifest your current success today? You know what I've come to realize that I have dumped the word work. I've dumped the words broken. I am seeking play. I am seeking things that light me up. I have the wisdom of my age, but it's all about the beauty of that inner child. And that inner child is perfect. And every now and then I need to go through the car wash of plant medicine or of consciousness work or meditation, of spiritual practice, breath work, whatever it is. That's the car wash to dissolve that ego buildup, the stories that we create that are no longer true, but we think keeps us safe and protects us but they're not true. They're not vulnerable, authentic truth. This lights me up. This does not. That is truth. And to realize what beauty lies within in living in that truth, stepping into that truth and fostering that inner inner child. That's what I needed to be is what I already was. But along the way, I've lost. It's not about being perfect. It's not about all the ways that you're broken. It's not about fixing yourself. It's about just cleaning yourself off and being the you that you always were, but forgot how to be. The wisdom that was imparted in this uh, podcast is really remarkable. And I wanted to thank you for being vulnerable. How, and I'm sure this is going to happen. How can the seven hatters find you? Uh, What do you want them to know? Uh, How could they get your book? Is there anything else that you can provide to them? Yeah. uh, If you go to energyformula.com, there is uh, how to find my book, all about the book. You can listen to or read the first two chapters for free. It's me that recorded it on Audible. Uh, There's also, if you go to energyformula.com, there's there's, uh, a free hidden chapter on natural movement, uh, a free uh, guide to fasting for your energy type. There is... Uh, recipe books, there's Q&A videos. And then if you go to seanwells.com, S-H-A-W-N-W-E-L-L-S, I have all kinds of guides that are 10 pages on like my supplements for immune health, for exercise, etc. All this stuff is free. My newsletter that goes out every week is science-based, loaded with stuff and free. Everything I do is free except for the book, which costs me money to print. So and then lastly, uh, if you go to Instagram at Sean Wells, S-H-A-W-N, um, you can get a lot of my content there that, you know, I have videos, I have um, infographics, things on the latest supplements, keto, uh, mental health and depression, you know, all these kinds of things. So it's all free. And again, if you need to message me, please message me. Uh, I would love to hear your thoughts on this podcast or any health questions or mental health questions you have, biohacking questions. I'm here to help. Um, And, you know, that's at Sean Wells on Instagram. You can message me. Uh, Thank you for having me on and giving me this opportunity. It was all my pleasure, really. And I got to be honest, you didn't skimp on your book. It's literally all color, four color print. So get the book, get to know Sean like I did blessings and thank you and good luck with the medicine uh in peru i'm excited for you and we'll speak soon all right thank you i hope you enjoyed my conversation with sean let's end today with the segment of the show that i refer to as what can we hang our hat on and here's my takeaway sean's heroic journey of adversity led him towards his truth and his tears of pain 
watered his gardens. So many of us entrepreneurs struggle with our unrelenting negative minds, telling us that we are not good enough, not worthy of our success, and worst of all, not happy where we are today until we achieve some future goal. Sean spent most of his life grinding, sacrificing, going as fast as he could, as heads down as he could so that he could get somewhere as quickly as possible. This chase ultimately led to his bottom and through intense self-reflection, self-work, and plant medicines, Sean realized that he could finally love himself and he can choose to be happy and do the things that light him up at the moment, in the now, and unapologetically. I had an aha moment when Sean said, quote, I thought the way I achieve my greatness is by sacrificing myself. And that's what a good person does is sacrifice. I didn't realize that your cup needs to be overflowing and the people around you get the overflow from your cup instead of taking from your cup. And that's where self-care is so important. End quote. If you feel lost, alone, depressed, sick, in pain, hurting, less than, judged, falling short, overworked, and underappreciated, Sean's book is for you. He and the seven hatters are there for you. You are not alone. Remember what Sean said. I am strong because I've been weak. I am fearless because I've been afraid. I want to thank Sean once again for joining me so that we can all benefit from his wisdom. And until next time, if you found this episode helpful, please hit that subscribe button and tell other entrepreneurs out there what value you received from it so that we can all attract even more high-quality people into our Seven Hats community. So for now... I will bid you farewell and success on your journey. And until next time, my name is Yuval Selick, and I tip my hat to you.